Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in Miller and Condon on a Friday, first day of April, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Thank you for tuning in here this morning. BMW of Des Moines guest list. Uh, this is what we've got lined up. At the bottom of the hour, Tom Kickert on Iowa. He will be first up basketball and football with Tom off the Vegas at 11.05 with Mike Palm from Circus Sports. He's the vice president of operations. We'll see which way the money is coming in. On both of the uh, semifinals uh, tomorrow night, we'll get that with Mike Palm and other stuff. Uh, and then Dave Sproul on Iowa State, probably some twins, as you both are hardcore twins fans. Mm-hmm. And this time next week, do the twins open on Thursday or are they a Friday? They are on Thursday. They got the Mariners for four. So play At home? Thursday, yep, Poof. off Friday. And then back for the weekend, of course, got the rain date in there yep. as they always do. After that, two with the Dodgers. Mm. In L.A.? No at home. Wow. And then they finish up uh, the first 10-game series with a four-gamer at Boston, a place that has been a house of horrors throughout the years. Well, I'm just so grateful that we'll be talking about that next week. I'm ready for some games. I think a lot of folks are. So uh, Dave Sproul and then Claxons will give you an opportunity, four of you, uh, to uh, win some Claxons Barbecue, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Our friend Andy and company, they're serving barbecue uh, in eastern Polk County, uh, oh, 25 years or thereabouts. Well, we had a thriller last night in the NIT. It turned mm-hmm. out to be a pretty fun tournament. I mean, from what we saw. Like, right. no, I'm not going to sit here and try and claim that we watched it from start to finish. But once they got to Madison Square Garden, it got pretty darn good. Uh, Texas A&M, we both liked them, thought they were going to pull it off. But um, Xavier and Jack Nungy had other plans as Nungy hits the game winner with three seconds left. Boy, and Emma had a look. They did. Took at the length of the floor and had a look. That thing rolled around before uh, uh, falling out. But um, So Nunji gets it and Xavier gets it. And now we wait for the semifinals tomorrow. As we are, what, 31 hours away from tip-off. Game one, Kansas-Villanova. You've been pretty steadfast in your love of the Jayhawks this week. Mm-hmm. Relenting at all? Nope. Nope. You're lock, stock, and barrel. I am. I just think the injury to Moore is too big to overcome. Look, I get they don't play a lot of depth to begin with, mm-hmm. but this is their second leading scorer. Right. And he's a, he's a really main piece of that basketball team. Um, look, he's not Gillespie, but he's pretty good. Yeah. So we'll see, Trent. I think it's going to be very difficult for... I'm not saying that it's going to be a blowout by any means. I think it's a close game, but I think in the end, you know, eight minutes, final couple of timeouts, TV timeouts, somewhere in that, I think Kansas will pull away um, and cover the number. 
Abaji better in the Elite Eight has game? Has to be. And in the, in the second half of the Elite yes. Eight game. You wonder him and Remy Martin, who... Yeah, you wonder. From the sound of things, that Remy Martin was also a headache this year. It wasn't just uh-huh. the injury. He was also a pain in the ass. That's uh, by reading between the lines yes. of some of the stories. And Bill Self's own comments. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you get through that, you wonder exactly where they are. Look, they're playing to the Final Four, but right. could that show up? I don't know. There's something... I'm going to be grabbing the points. I'll be playing Villanova. I do know that. It's my love of Jay Wright. Mm-hmm. Dude's just so good. And... So I told you the number. He's 20 and 3 now over the last six tournaments. How about this? He is 19 and 4 against the spread Hmm. in those 23 games. Heard that yesterday. That was a wow. Yeah. And that made me jump on the apps Mm -hmm. and get it right Mm -hmm. away and get my money down on Nova. All right. Game two, of course, the headliner Duke, Carolina. I'm starting. You know what? You've been Carolina. I have, and I'm still staying with them. You are. I am. And and the reason is, is this is all Duke. This is all Duke conversation. Mm -hmm. This is a coronation. This is a foregone conclusion that Shashevsky is going to cut down the nets and walk off into the sunset as the most decorated basketball college basketball coach uh, of of all time. North Carolina's got to be fed up with that, right? They've got some pride too, and um, so for that reason. Look, I'm not saying Duke can't win, but if they do, I think it's very, very tight. I think this one's going to live up to the hype. I really believe that. And I think we're going to be sitting there at pushing 10 o'clock mm-hmm. and getting ready for a championship game that already be settled. I think Duke wins this one and wins it going away. Yeah. Carolina, what they did that last time, the way that Kay was able to get the mm-hmm. team's attention, yep. the uncomfortableness after the game as For he's talking to the crowd. everybody, not just his, not just his team. <laughs> and telling everybody on the crowd to shut up. And it just, <laughs> yes. he is a cranky old man, but he's got this team's attention. And Duke, uh-huh. <laughs> they're finally right. You know, they're finally playing at the level I think we anticipated we were going to see with all that young talent that they had. It feels like not only are they more talented, but they're playing their best basketball right now. It's going to be very easy scout putting in the tape from Mm -hmm. that last game at Cameron Mm -hmm. for the team this one. I think Duke Duke wins it and going away. In fact, that's something I'm going to be playing with, I think, this weekend. Alternate spread you're talking about? I I think you're going to be. So you think this isn't close? I'm probably going to lay maybe up to seven and a half, eight and a half, kind of see what that number is Mm -hmm. and play around with that a little bit too. So that's at least my thought process here today. And I think that was basically both of our kind of takes on Monday. So we talked it to death. Uh-huh. And we end up in the same spot. No, we haven't. Look, I think Brady Manick's going to have a big game. I think yeah. he has to have a big game if North Carolina's going to win. Baco and Banchero, I'm not saying they cancel them e- each other out, but I think that they'll both do what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Griffin, when he plays well, this is a different Duke basketball yeah. team, and he did not play well on the final night of the uh, regular season at, at Cameron when the curtain came down on Shashevsky. He was brutal in that game. Now, he's flipped the switch and go back to within chap- when they were in Chapel Hill, and he had 20-plus in the game. So mm-hmm. uh, he he's a big, big factor. And Keels and Williams has been great for Duke. And more, I mean, they're, they're Duke. They're loaded. <laughs> of course they are, yeah. They got talent up and down that roster. On the other side, Leaky Black is a one-way nice player. player. Good defensive yeah, love. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't score a lot. No. Love's a really talented dude. Mm-hmm. Baco is good. Talked about Manic and I just like the Duke side better. And Davis. And we will mm-hmm. come back on Monday, and we will see who is right. Mm-hmm. Unless I see you on Saturday. Where, where we're at? Over at Smash Park. No, you know what? I I um I declined the you opportunity. Did, you did, yeah. yeah. Since you're already going out. Right. I can't be in two places at once. Which is a shock in its own right. <laughs> Right. As we talked about yesterday, going out, hanging out with the old jock crew. Right. So if, it, if they would have been, the the, um, the deal I'm going to is at uh, 
Adventureland. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, oh, this spectators. Spectators. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never been. Fun well, place. Is it? Yeah. They do a good job over there. Imagine that. I haven't been to a bar. Who would have thought? <laughs> Another big shock. Uh, so that's where it's, they're just too far apart, and they're yeah. both kind of right at the same time. So so um, what's going on? I know that Bet Rivers is putting together this event. Yep. Smash Park is the scene. For both of the games, Is uh, how long do you plan on staying? Uh, I'm probably going to get there for the second half of the first mm-hmm. game and then see where the night takes me, one of those kind of deals. Now, but is there a lot of KX and O people going? I know AD's going. That's the only one yeah. that I've talked to that I know is going to be there. Andrew said he'll probably be there before the first game. But, yeah, just hanging out, talking a little bit about Bet Rivers, and we're going to be playing also with some bets as they're giving us another uh, 100 bucks in free bets to play with. So. Well, that might change things. Yes. yeah, so that's, gonna... five, that's five $20 uh, bets on the Masters if you look well, at it that way. we're supposed to use it though for the game i'm out then oh yeah gotta gotta use it for the game so that's where i'm kind of looking to see that ultra well you bet, bet bet 50 on one side and 50 on the other like that piece that you <laughs> showed me from forbes magazine that was wild Th- if, this if you, guy's figured it out there is a, a reddit community out there that talks about all these different deals that we hear about in sports wagering and basically using them kind of against each other if you will taking each side of the equation and then guaranteeing yourself a profit mm-hmm. and a pretty substantial profit. There's yes. this, there's this uh, couple out there that, I mean, the guy said he makes $44,000 a year. They had to take out a second mortgage to get enough money to do this and make mm-hmm. it at the highest level. Because you need to have a maximum bet for both right. sides in order to capitalize on this. It's a wild idea. And Trent, the stuff that they have done with the free money that right. they have, air quote, earned mm-hmm. or manipulated the system... Well, and you Good cont- for them for figuring it out. You continue to hear about the big boys, you know, the the huge, huge operators across the country. And their margins are so thin because mm-hmm. of all the free money that they're giving away. Right. The question remains, how long can that last? I mean, as more and more states continue, now you got New York. What happens when California and Florida come aboard? Oof. And on and on and on, the biggest states, we got New York, but you keep going down that path. Do you see how much money was bet in New York last month? I mean, it's crazy money. It's number one by a mile already. Yeah. There was uh, also something, I think it was in that article, talking about New Jersey and the amount of bets that were made within two miles of the, of the border. Yeah, right. And it was something, it was like 82% of uh-huh. the bets were made within two miles. Before, before it became legal in the state yes. of New York. Yeah, you go through the tunnel into New Jersey and fire up. It's kind of, to an extent, it's kind of like Omaha to mm-hmm. Council Bluffs. Right. Um, I would love to see that data, too. Absolutely. I, I wish, you know what, that's a good Brian Arilco question. I yeah. wonder if that data is available. Brian Arilco from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. Conversely, how much money comes across the state of Minnesota? Absolutely. Into northern, uh, into northern Iowa, where as soon as you cross the border, your GPS says you're in Iowa, your app is live. Over in Dubuque. Wisconsin. Yeah, people coming over uh-huh. to the Dubuque side of the river and... Away they go after going to Quad Cities, exact same thing. There's got to be so much of that. Right. That would be fun data to be able to find Absolutely. out. Absolutely. In, in, a, in a roundabout way, it's kind of like, and I'm not sure that any Iowans do this, Iowans going to Illinois to get pot. Sure. sure. I mean, I don't think that no, happens. I've never heard about you taking a road trip over there. I just love Illinois trips. Yeah. You know me. I like to get in the car. You're Mr. Mississippi River. Absolutely. Long time river rat over Drive there. around. The li- There's no better thing than lunch spots in Illinois. They're, uh-huh. they're the best in the world. You it's go, worth you the four-hour round trip. Absolutely. And then if you're, um, if, if you're, if you're on an iPhone, you actually have where... Where speed traps are set up on the, so you want to make sure you're because you'd hate to break the law. Of course, yes. When you're out for your daily drive, or not daily drive, but your day long drive in the state of Illinois.
beautiful country, especially in the winter. Oh, right. Just yeah. a beautiful shade of brown and the wind's blowing. Oh, nothing like it. Just anyways. Uh, so the uh, final four, we are set. Some baseball news that what, what did you make about the news that came this morning that in similar to and uh, to NFL referees who crack the mic and mm-hmm. let us know what the penalty is and who it's uh, on college as well now major league baseball the crew chief will be tasked with once they put the headsets on and they go to the replay that they crack a microphone and they tell us the viewing audience the people that are inside the ballpark what they saw and why they're changing the call or upholding the call i like it it's so far overdue and right yeah, really. For you and me, we're normally just watching on television, so it's fine. So they can at least somewhat Speculate, understand, yeah, right, what what's going on. I can't count the number of times I told you about my buddy that works at Target Field, single guy up there living the good life and just rock and roll lifestyle. But he goes to a ton of Twins games when he's not working, and there'll be times that he'll text and say, "What the hell's going on?" Because you're in the state, you have no clue. You're not seeing the so replay. He's, text- he's at the ballpark, but texting you, Trent, what's going on? Right, because, yeah, there's replay, but you're not exactly sure. You don't have the commentators explaining uh-huh. what they're looking at. Oh, was it actually this? Is this? You don't have any of that speculation at the same level. So I've got that another time I can think of last summer. I had a friend that was at a Cubs game, same thing. Mm-hmm. There was some replay, but they didn't know exactly what was mm-hmm. happening inside the stadium. So for the people that are actually inside the building, this is a huge, huge change, but... Yeah, it needs to happen also for the speculation that we have on TV. So long overdue. It's kind of surprising that it's taken this long now that you think of it. You're right. Why, why did we have to wait this long uh, to get this? Precisely. Yeah. Good move. Good move for MLB. Yeah, th- this this feels like a win for fans, but kind of like when you like the way you put it, if you really dig into it, as we should have had this win a couple of years ago. <laughs> exactly. Right. What 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 are you waiting on? Uh, how much of the um, if any of the after the NIT game mm-hmm. concluded, did you watch any of the, I don't know what you want to call them. Three-point shootout. Three-point shootout, yeah. and then whatever the other event was. Dunk contest. The, the, well, there was another one, too. There was a team event, too, that started. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, I think that was the first one, but before the three, and I didn't see any of that. I went back and watched my Jets get crushed. Oh, yeah, um, up to nothing. Yeah, up to nothing, lost 7-3. Knew they would. Back-to-back was an easy play. Uh, parlay enhancer. Um, but... So Bohannon wins the three point, and it's kind of cool that it was the the last two guys standing were a Badger and a Hawkeye, right? Mm-hmm. And Davison for the Badgers, and obviously J Bo. Look, he's I don't know, might be he's in the top three of my all time favorite college athletes. He just is, and there's still so much kind of residue of his career, and very outspoken. Mm-hmm. Some disappointing ends to things. The yeah, way the Oregon did a lot went. for NIL, yep. though. It yeah, took a lot absolutely. of arrows prior to it becoming uh, what it is today. He was kind of on front street. He's going to be a guy, though, that the further away from his career... I couldn't agree with you more. He will be... I couldn't agree with you more. More loved. Yep. You think of Chris Kingsbury. I mean, that was as you were starting here mm-hmm. with sports radio. Kingsbury yep. sucked his last year. Yep. He was terrible. He was drunk all the time, <laughs> and he, he's admitted as much. I mean, he, he was not good. But what do we talk about Chris Kingsbury? Oh, that great rage yeah, and everything else. Yeah. And, and he is revered. At the time, he was despised. Yeah. And that was even different circumstances here than Bohannon. So 
I think the further away that we get, uh-huh. the more love is going to build up. And, and there's going to be a time you're going to flip over in a couple of years and you're going to be reading Twitter or message board and say, you know, we could really use a guy like Jordan Bohannon. Right sure. Now. Now, I'm not saying the Cyclone fans will ever come around. No, of course not. <laughs> I mean, the, the shoes, that was an all-timer, right? Right. That was an all-timer. I, I don't care who did it and what building you were in. If it would have been, the, the shoe would have been taken off the other foot. Yes. Um, Just like Hawkeye fans think George Yang's still a punk. Absolutely. It's for not going to change. Right. And the, and the cup of coffee. Coffee, the, yes. the, the, uh, by the picture, yeah. by the picture, uh, that, that oh, fantastic. Just God, this rivalry trend. How good has it been for our careers? Yes, it really and truly is. It, it is so good. But uh, anyways, yep. Yeah, so Bohannon goes out a winner. Uh, what else from yesterday? There was one other thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, Brian Ferentz apparently meeting with the media mm-hmm. again. You know, this is um, something that I wish Iowa State would do more of, or. Feed the beast. Right. Right. I mean, Iowa, I can't tell you how surprising this is from where what it once was to what it is today. I mean, they would if they had their if they had their druthers and the ability to do so, they would have put up a big fence around the University of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Nobody's getting inside these walls. And not only that, you're getting absolutely no info. None whatsoever. It was lockdown. It truly was. And it is completely the opposite now. And totally the, the opposite. And it's not just the coordinators. It is all the position Absolutely. coaches. During spring, you yep. get an opportunity. You get to hear from them. Mm-hmm. During the season now, mm-hmm. you have that opportunity at one point, usually during the bye week, you get to hear at least from the coordinators and, and sometimes a little bit more. It is... Absolutely perfect. I mean, how many Hawkeye websites are out there? Oh, jeez. They're looking for content. Yeah. We're looking for content. Sports radio across the state. Sure. That's what you want. And when you want looking to build and, and continue to keep your fan base energized. What are you doing right now? You're trying to sell season tickets. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? You get people talking about it. There's no doubt. I think Iowa State's deadline was either yesterday or today. I think to it was re- yesterday, yeah. yeah to, to renew. So that number, look, I, to their credit, I guess you have to give them credit. They are going out tonight and the next two mm-hmm. Fridays. But at the same time, they're undergoing some renovations with the field. So it's not like they, you know, I would, would, would they have done this had that other, the, uh, the renovations been going on? I guess it's probably not. Right. I mean, Matt, Matt Campbell, um, won't let John Walters and and they still have the the Iowa State channel right on MediaCom. I think they do. I think so. Yeah. Um, Cyclone TV. That, that that spring practice, spring game every single year should be televised and repeated. You know, over and over. But for whatever reason, look at these. There's a lot of coaches that are quote paranoid like that. And Campbell's old school. Oh, he is. And that's old school yeah. thinking. And I think that's yeah. a piece that goes hand in hand. But. Get an opportunity to see him tonight. Mm-hmm. And the next two. And the next two on top Tonight, of it. Ames, then Gilbert, then East, right? Yes. Two weeks from tonight. They, and that'll be, I believe, their uh, uh, final spring practice. Well, I'm anxious to see how that roster is coming together because there's so much changeover on that roster. Right. Conversely, Iowa lost a couple of guys but returned a whole bunch of um, – but Iowa State, I mean – Two linebackers, gone. Mm-hmm. Right? Quarterback that set all those records, gone. Running back who, again, I saw a piece today, a mock draft today, um, that watched 25-32, to 32, that Brees Hall, that this streak might be over. Wow. I mean, Matt Manasarin, who's our draft guy, SportsInfoSolutions.com, he had him, what, like 36, 37? 37, I think it was. I saw CBS, their mock with what Rob Rank, I think, does theirs. Rob Rank, yeah. Uh, he had him 57. So, it, again, it's, it's, it's all over the place. Yeah, it is. And you can Was still, he the first running back in Rank's piece? He was second. Behind uh, the, the kid from Michigan State, Kenneth yes. Walker? Yep. But 
you don't know. Right. And and this speculation, this build up, and now we're at April. We're at the point now is is this week, next week we gotta start saying anything you hear isn't real. No, it's already at that point. Yeah. It's already at that point. This four weeks from today we'll be talking about whether indeed it happened or not. Right. They have done such a great thing moving that first oh, round to a standalone. And this and the visuals that we're going to see from the fountains at the Bellagio. Yeah. They're taking over the fountains at the Bellagio. I'd love to see what that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. I really and truly would. Because it's pretty special just to, to see the fountains going off at night. It's cool. I mean, the, the people that just walk the strip and, and stop and watch that. Or if you're, you can get a really good room at the Flamingo, which is essentially right across the street mm-hmm. with a strip view and watch it and in a lot, some cases hear it all night long. But I think it's going to be great TV. It's such a spectacle. It really is. It's such a made-for-tea uh, TV event um, that I think it's going to be. I think it's going to go over well. Broncos, no pick, no pick. Bears, no, no pick. pick. Going to be a different kind it's, of night. Yeah, of you know for what? Us. And I love the. I, lo- I mean, you yeah. know, I do. Yeah, I, I love do. the draft. It's different not having, uh, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, Russell Wilson will be under center. I'll take, is a, I got Justin Fields. We'll see. No, we'll see. By the way, no fan came out and uh, and called out the Broncos. Did you see that yesterday? No. He said that he was uh, um, used improperly in his Bronco tenure, that he was drafted to be a stretch-the-field type of tight end, mm-hmm. and that's true. Right. Um, He's but, not an inline guy. No, and that's what they wanted him to be. And the big knock on him from every uh, Bronco media. Yards after catch is non-existent. Mm-hmm. He goes down at first contact. Well, he's not. that's not his optimum spot. Yeah. Get them the ball in stride and let him run. He is a speed guy. Yes, he is for the tight end position. So Seattle, you think they're going to use him? Well, well who's their quarterback? Strengths? Is it Baker Mayfield? Ooh. I mean, Where's that, he going to go? Seattle would make sense. It absolutely would make sense. Good place to kind of mm-hmm. reclimate your career. Pete Carroll. Strong organization. Uh-huh. That's not a bad idea. Has that been speculated yeah. about much? Yeah. Well, the people are trying to figure out where he's going to go, right? And Because and the, initially we thought he'd just end up in Houston. It'd be a trade, and that'd be a part of it. They would swap. Or when that didn't happen, he would go to the Colts. Well, Matt Ryan is now with the Colts. So there's, I mean, the the chair, the musical chairs are starting, the music's starting to stop. Tampa Bay, after Brady gets traded to the 49ers? Yeah. Or if, Miami. Have you heard a lot of that? There's, still, there's a lot of Miami. Yeah, there is a ton of speculation. But you know when it was, Trent? And I think that the Miami stuff was all planted so the final domino could fall, and it fell two nights ago with Bruce Arians resigning mm-hmm. from coaching. I think that was a threat, something to hang out there. That, look, Brady doesn't want to play for Bruce Arians. You choose. You know, we talked about it yesterday, but yeah. that seemed to be the, you know, um, he doesn't want to be here. And you came out and said, if you're going to play, he's going to play here because they still have his rights. So right. you want me to play? I'll play here, but I don't want to play for him. And how about Tampa right away? The question was asked to the organization, hey, he's retiring, yet you're not kind of letting his contract right. go. Right. Like, no, no, no. No, because then he would have walked to San yes, Francisco. Absolutely. What about Pittsburgh? I mean, you know, I think I want to watch Trubisky get a shot. I know you do. I do. I I've seen s- that song and dance. I know you have. I saw uh, that in Spencer Petras. I've sure. seen enough. Well, your quarterback's man. Um, but but in decades. Pittsburgh, can he Baker Mayfield in Pittsburgh? I mean, he stay in that division, right? I mean, how they would still that have work? his rights, right? Unless they outright Are you release just gonna, him or just trade him for a seventh rounder, 
Well, that's that's a you know well it'd be better than a seventh. But any hope that they're going to get a first round pick, no. I mean that's not just going that's not going to happen. No. They made a mistake by drafting him number one. He's had his moments. Absolutely. Two years ago, he was really good. So who else needs a quarterback? Where could he go? Um, Carolina. Yeah, Carolina's good. Mm-hmm. Carolina would be a good and, one. That and would also, make some sense. Take a look at who's going to draft Malik Willis. Because though people love the talent of Malik Willis, as a guy that played at Liberty, a guy that still needs more time people feel mm-hmm. on the field, a lot like Trey Lance coming from North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. He's not a plug-and-play guy. He's not a guy that's going to get it. Or even a guy like Kenny Pickett, who's, of course, older. There is no plug-and-play guy. Right. So you look at those teams that are going to draft somebody, but they're not going to be, quote-unquote, ready right away. Is that a place where Baker's a good stopgap? Mm-hmm. He can try to reclimate himself, yeah. give himself one good year, and then go on and see who needs a quarterback for 2023. Mm-hmm. I think that's something also to keep an eye on with him. Or they could do the same thing in Seattle. They could make Drew Locke the starter for a year or two, and because they draft nine. And that probably is when you're going to... Late, because Carolina, is Carolina eight? They're right around there. I think they're six, aren't they? Are they that high? Because I've seen a couple of times either Willis Mm -hmm. or Kenny Pickett, excuse me, going six. So I think, and I'm almost positive that's what it was. Do the commanders take a quarterback? I mean, Carson Wentz isn't the answer. No. Could he he be the placeholder? Think how bad Washington quarterbacks play has been, though, for so long. Yeah. And even if he is... Did you hate Heineke? Because I didn't. I mean, he's never going to wow you. No. But he was... He had a couple of moments. Yeah. Alex Smith coming off the injury. That was remarkable. But again, right. there were so many limitations mm-hmm. for him mm-hmm. as a quarterback. I don't hate Carson Wentz there. And I uh, was reading Warren Sharp, Sharp Football, mm-hmm. his analysis of the schedule for this year. He's got Washington as one of the easiest schedules in the I NFL. I think your Bears are on that list. They are. Um, are they top five? Most difficult schedule, by the way. Please be the Chiefs. It is. Kansas City. Good. <laughs> Look at you. Where, where are the Chargers? Are they thirty-one? Please. No, please, please. they were. They were not at least in the bottom five that I saw. Yeah. But number thirty-two, at least in terms of easiest schedule, was Kansas City Chiefs. Are we setting up for yeah, trend? I'm nine and eight you, disappointing? I, yeah, here's the thing, and and the uh, DraftKings numbers are out. Caesars numbers. What I'm talking about is over under win totals for the season. They were released yesterday. Now the schedule's not out yet, but at least you know the teams that uh, that the team you may be backing, uh, either betting over or under on. You know who they're going to play. You know that they're either going to be home or away, and that's you can that's spelt out. You just don't know where they fit on the schedule, so you can see the list of opponents. But there's two teams that I think I'm going to be betting um, on the under. I think Green Bay yeah. is about to come back to the pack. Is anybody going to catch them, though? I don't know about that, but no. I don't think that they're going to win 12-13. Their number's 11.5. So in order for me to lose my bet, they would have to go 12-5. and 12-5 and five or better. Okay. So I think they'll probably sweep the Lions. Yeah, they struggle with the Lions. Okay, good. Yeah, they have. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. All right, so they split with the Lions. Do they split with the Bears? Probably not. Vikings usually get them. They do. So if they split with everybody, that's three losses. There's two more losses out there. I think there probably is. I think that's an under. The Chiefs, if they're the 32nd uh, most difficult schedule in the league, I think Denver will finally get them. I think the Chargers will get them. Mm -hmm. Raiders have gotten them. So that's three losses if they split. They have dominated the AFC West. I am going to bet Packers under, Chiefs under. Bears under. What's their number, seven and a half? Yeah. I don't see that team being eight and nine. 
You don't, don't. No. Hmm. Unders is the way to play this. And yeah. usually the number usually skews a little higher because people right. love betting over on their team. Well, it didn't work out well for me. I unloaded on the Steelers last year. Yeah, that didn't go well. <laughs> but it was close. At least I got a run for my you money did. before ultimately losing. All right, let's get uh, Rick in here. Then we'll get our break. Tom Caker coming up on Iowa. Uh, Mike Palm will go live to Las Vegas. Circus Sports uh, sponsors that. And then uh, Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Rick, thanks for being patient. What's on your mind? Hey, I just, uh, I'm not a big Cleveland fan or necessarily a Baker Mayfield fan, but I, I think the guy's kind of been a little bit snake bit and, and from the fact that, you know, he shows up there, he's got issues, um, you know, with finding, uh, right receivers to mm-hmm. throw to. And, and then he, uh, the whole season last year, he, most of the season, he plays with a shoulder, arm labor, and yep. a bad knee, a bad ankle. And he's out there trying to, you know, kind of will him into the playoffs, doing everything that you kind of want your quarterback to do. I can't name any Cleveland wide receivers that he had to throw to. Well, um, Odell James Beckham, uh, Landry was there. But I get your point. That's my point about Mm -hmm. Beckham was when he gets there, he's got this guy that demands he gets the ball right. whether he's open or not. Yeah. You know, he's, got, he's trying to play to be the team leader, not mm-hmm. cause a problem with Beckham. So, I mean, it's just like, you know, has he really, really had, you know, an opportunity? And I think if he had to take one of those injuries last year and he sits the season, Cleveland probably goes, well, we're going to have Baker back. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, once he comes off this injury, it doesn't make much sense for a quarterback to play hurt. Well, look, so. two two years ago, Ricky threw 26 touchdowns against eight picks. I mean, you signed for that every single... And took Cleveland to the playoffs. And took Cleveland to the playoffs. Two years ago, he right. was fantastic. Rookie season, in 14 games, he was 27-14 and 14 for a rookie. That's really good. Last year, you mentioned the labrum. Maybe he's just a zigzag guy. Maybe he is. This so year, this, he's going to be good. This year, he's going to be good. Rick, thanks for the call. I appreciate you listening. Welcome, guys. Yep, take care. Um, Yeah, I mean, Rick makes a good point. Mm -hmm. I I think it's too early to, you know, draw a line through him. Now, the 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 criticism in a lot of circles, especially with Browns fans, is made too many damn commercials. Right? (laughs) He's good at him. Yeah, he is good at him. Halloween commercials, an all timer. Progressive, sitting there in the stadium, yeah. on and on and When he on. gives them the, the passcode and uh, the trash day, et cetera, when it comes up, him and his wife. Is his wife Emily? I think it's Emily. Uh, they've got a couple of a couple of them spots. Him and Alice Cooper? Yes, when he returns the, <laughs> yes. to the uh, Music Hall of Fame. That was good. Uh, that was good. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. 10.30, Miller and Condon, underway on a Friday. Uh, we will talk uh, Tom Caker coming up next, HawkeyeReport.com. Uh, Mike Palm, VP of Ops Sports at 11.05, Dave Sproul. And then four of you listeners will have an opportunity to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxons. That'll come up about 11.45. Miller and Condon, it's a Friday on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3.net. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Seems like yesterday. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. 1035 on a Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. About 11.45, an hour and 10 minutes or thereabouts. We'll give four of you an opportunity to win barbecue from our friends at Claxons. Uh, again, you can't have played in the last 30 days. Whether you won or not, you're ineligible to play. You want some month. That's it. Uh, Claxons coming up in about an hour and 10 minutes. Right now, he's Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom Trenton, Ken, how are you? 
Doing all right, guys. Uh, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Before we get into Iowa, uh, since you guys cover recruiting as well as you do over there, and this is a Nebraska kid, did, have you heard of Malachi Coleman is his name? Yes. Yes. So Sean Kelly had tweet from the uh, from the uh, Huskers rival site tweeted out a video of him in a hundred uh, meter race yesterday, just toying with the kids that he was against. I felt so bad for the little white kid in, in lane one. I mean, just embarrassed him, right? Embarrassed everybody that he was up against. But but Tom, this kid, I mean, just jumps off the the screen. The athleticism that he has. What do you know about him? And is Iowa in on him by chance? Yeah, they're. They're, um, they've offered him. They're interested in him. I, I saw he's going to Oregon this weekend. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, that's, he's a, he's a national recruit. Um, uh-huh. he's going to be hard to, hard for the Huskers to keep, hard mm-hmm. for Iowa to get, but they're both in the mix. Well, good stuff, but just go, Trent, you got to see it. So what, what's his name again? Malachi Coleman. Malachi Coleman. And what's he yeah. play? What position? Uh, he's listed as an athlete on his Twitter page. Okay. Is that yep. he's six foot five? Tom yeah. runs a four a four forward uh, forty. I mean, huge. Yep. That's pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Here on the local front, the highest ranked recruit in football ever from the state of Iowa, at least as rankings go back here over the last twenty twenty five years. Of course, is just over to the east of us, Southeast mm-hmm. Polk High School in Caden Proctor. Tom, I know you maintained for a long time. You believe he's a Hawkeye lean. Other people believe that, but. When you got Clemson and Alabama and the heavy heads after you, you always kind of wonder where are we in Caden Proctor's recruitment, where Iowa sits, and some of the other big names that maybe are keeping an eye on Proctor that he's going to be looking at. Yeah, I, um, you know, I put in my my forecast for him to Iowa back. It was my Christmas present to Hawkeye fans. <laughs> I did it on Christmas Eve to to. Say Merry Christmas to everybody. Just felt good about where Iowa was at with him, uh, especially after they got uh, Xavier Wampa to, to on board. I think that was just massive mm-hmm. in his recruitment uh, towards Iowa. I think the the biggest threat is certainly going to be Nick Saban. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's hard for a kid today to say no to Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Just is Pierce Barker, and you know. Well, yeah, I go back to Pierschbacher, who had the, you know, Kinnick Stadium uh, <laughs> photo on his wall right. above his bed. You know, dreaming of playing, uh, sort of like the kid dreaming of playing at Kinnick Stadium. And he bails on Iowa to go play for Nick Saban. Yeah. Just, uh, he's just hard to say no to. Indeed. So Saban's obviously, is he coming hard after him? I, I think they're trying to make a push. Yep. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Um, you know, the, uh, just from what I heard, the kid, I, I think he wants to, he likes the idea of staying closer to home. And I, I think that's going to be important to him in this process is, is maybe, you know, being close to home, you know, he trusts Xavier as well. There's a strong relationship there. And let's face it, um, you know, he, <laughs> He wears seventy four for a reason, right? right? Yeah, yeah, indeed. You know, and that's another part of it is, you know, he's he's seeing what that kid's doing, uh, what Tristan's doing at the NFL level. Yeah, Super yeah. Bowl ring his first year and an unbelievable season that ended in injury uh, last year. So, uh, well, let's you know what, Tom, let's go to basketball before we get back to football because, um, and I know there's been football news this week as <laughs> as Iowa has provided the media a number of opportunities to talk with both players, coaches, coordinators, etc. But um, 
I guess the Toussaint news would be the big news. Uh, were you shocked? I mean, we we speculated about it. I thought that in the end he was he was going to stay. I thought that what put me over the top was, you know, just his reaction by winning the Big Ten champ uh, tournament in uh, in Indianapolis. But he's moving on. Um, how will you remember him, and um, and how big of a loss is it? Just uh, you know, I was I was not shocked, but I was a little surprised just because you know, even earlier that day. Um, you know, I know you guys pay attention to this. Chad Lysico had a sit down with yeah. Graham McCaffrey, and he never mentioned that him. Day. Yep, and, and well, he mentioned Joe as coming back, months. right? Yeah, yeah, with with kind of in tandem with Patrick and mm-hmm. that and that Connor. class and, yeah. and Connor and all different people. So it was that's where it kind of took you by surprise. That you know, it, it's usually a telltale sign if the coach isn't mentioning you right. in those situations. It might mean that there's a door a foot out the door already, and they've had that conversation. So, I think just from that perspective, it was a surprise, but it makes sense. I mean, I, I think it gives him a chance to go closer to home. He wants to start. He wants to play a lot. I I do wonder if he would have stayed in that starting role the entire year. Is he back next year? I think he is. But then I think I wonder if Aaron Eulis is gone then. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a whole lot of sense, yeah. that One of the two was going to depart. So what about Euless? We saw glimpses, good defender, got improved the shooting, not just from behind the arc, but even inside of it. Even at the rim, he kind of struggled this year uh, when you look at some of the shot metrics out there. What do you think Euless can be? And then, of course, DeSante Bowen. I know a lot of buzz about him, mm-hmm. uh, about what he did when he practiced with the team, uh, when he was in on his visit, and just what he's been able to do playing out there at one of the top prep schools in the country. Point guard, both Euless and Bowen. Yeah, I, I think uh, you go into next season with Euless as your starting point guard, and then you see where it goes with Bowen. If he adjusts well, it's not going to surprise me if Sante Bowen's getting the bulk of the minutes, maybe even mm. starting uh, by by Big Ten season. Just I, I think he's that good, and I know they're super high on his potential. So, um, so we'll see what happens with uh, with them. But uh, my my sense is that. Uh, Bowen's probably the guy that's going to be kind of leading the charge here moving forward. Um, Agundale is gone. He never became Olashaney. We <laughs> we held out hope that they would take a similar path. That didn't happen. Uh, that one you could see, though, right, Tom, that uh, that maybe there wasn't going to be an opportunity for him. Uh, he, he was never asked to play you know, a, a significant chunk of minutes, whether he could have or not. He seemed like he was kind of a little bit out of shape. We've heard that about him. And we know that McCaffrey is, um, is scouring the transfer portal for a big man to come in and play those minutes yeah um he yeah josh it just he never got into shape I, he was a i mean boy the fans love him though i mean that's just the crazy thing at those games when he would come in they would go nuts and they they go crazier for him than they did for keegan murray <laughs> or luca garza i mean it was just it wasn't crazy uh how excited they were to see josh gundale in the game because he just Never got into great shape, and um, you know I, I, I wish Joshua. I hope he gets into basketball shape and and can uh, can put together a good career because he is a talented kid. It just wasn't going to work at Iowa. Um, yeah, they're uh, uh, the, the the Utah Valley kid, the, mm-hmm. the kid that everybody's after. Emiqua is is just um, 
you know, he's, I was, from what I've told, Iowa is firmly in that mix, but, you know, it's just, there's, there's other schools that are going to be in that mix too. Kentucky is pushing, uh, Arkansas, you know, Musselman is in on every kid, it seems like right now. So you got 20 scholarships yeah. down there? What the hell's going on? It's, it's crazy because they've got like seven kids committed. Um, you know, they've had a couple of guys leave, but they could even have like, uh, the Note kid could come back next year. Mm-hmm. And he might. I don't know. We'll see. Um, you know, they, I don't know what he's going to, how he's going to put this together, but, um, you know, he seems to be able to, uh, cobble together. And he's got like three five star kids coming in, too. So it's just, I don't know. When you uh, look at the Anoc kid from from uh, Utah Valley, big numbers, of course. Some people concerned at the Power Five structure. Not exactly a fast guy. Now has worked out pretty well with the big guy at Iowa the last couple of years. Hmm. Obviously with Garza, but NIL. I know a lot of people are pointing to that. Well, with NIL, he'll just end up at Kentucky or Arkansas or whatever it is. He's an international guy, though. He's Canadian. Does that yep. impact it? I know that was a big thing with Oscar Deshibwe. Same thing here with him. Yeah, it is. Um, so I did some investigating because there's there's other Canadians that are in college basketball that have some earning potential, like one at Purdue with, uh, with Zach Eady. So mm-hmm. I was asking some Purdue people about uh, about that. And um, it, what the rule is, is that um, they can still do NIL, but they have to do it in their home country. So if he's going to sign an NIL contract, Oof. he'd have to go home yeah. and sign it with companies there or do things there, uh, like do you know any endorsement video kind of things or whatever. Mm-hmm. He'd have to do that in his native country. So that's how that works. Yeah, and he's not wearing skates, so it's going to be difficult. I mean, that's... Well, I, I suggested maybe somebody, you know, if Iowa has like a, a connection to Tim Horton. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, that, that that might work. That might work. Yeah, they're huge up there. Named after a hockey player. Not a lot of people yeah, know. Really. Tim Horton was a Toronto Maple Leaf um, and, and yep. a good one in the 60s. But, uh, but uh, anyways, uh, ready for football? Let's move on to football. Uh, Tom, um, from the week, I guess you had players. Uh, you had coordinators. Uh, what was your biggest football takeaway from any of your media avails this week? Um, probably that the 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 biggest hot button issue is going to continue to be Spencer Petrus and mm-hmm. Brian Ferentz. I mean, they were just kind of attached at the hip at this point um, as fan angst, and the mere mention of either of them on social media these days <laughs> yeah. just brings an avalanche down on your head. Um, it is, you know, Brian, even, you know, just Brian making a little joke about Joey Lapis, you know, just kind of joking with him that, that, uh, he's going to remain popular until he gets in a game, uh, <laughs> just sent the avalanche down on my head for even tweeting that out mm-hmm. because it was a, clearly a joke made about like fans just love the backup quarterback that they haven't seen play. Uh, and, um, and they just. He's driving another one out of town. Mm-hmm. Another parents is pushing a kid away. Keep your quarterback. Keep my quarterback's name out of your mouth. That's what I would have yelled at Brian. Nice. <laughs> right before he went and slapped him, uh-huh. something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the yeah. Spencer thing. It's it feels untenuous. It it really does. I don't. It is very difficult for yeah, me to a envision point. a scenario where this turns out well for both Brian and him. It just it's very difficult for me to see that. 
And yes, it's the new yeah. shiny toy. And yes, we love backups. And I get all that. But this feels different. This is not Brad Banks, Kyle McCann. This is a different level we're going through right now. That's how I see it, Tom. Call me crazy. Well, here's the thing. We we have we have plenty of evidence on Spencer and mm-hmm. who he is. And it's probably, it would be surprising. And, and I, I say this as, a, as, as someone who likes Spencer a lot personally. I think he's a terrific kid. Um, but it just when you've got that track record of evidence of what he is as a player, it's hard to imagine that doing a 180 at this point, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to. But and, and Brian as a coordinator, it's just yep. you know we kind of know who he is, and he works within the parameters uh, uh, put together by his father. And what the I mean, it, it was it was interesting when Brian kind of said that they see the quarterback position as being a facilitator Mm. not a playmaker a facilitator and i think that's just the inherent view that they have of the quarterback position that is very different than i think a lot of college and pro football look at that position as being who is the i think the answer would be petrus i know the latest is always the greatest so i'll preface it that way but is he the most polarizing quarterback of this century Jake Christensen, I, no, that. I think Jake was still, Jake still, was, yeah, Jake was bad. yeah, no, it was. I remember it well. Um, so he would be one, and then Petrus behind him still seems fair. Yeah, if Petrus plays this year, Trent, if, if, if he can overtake Christensen, yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah, he might, he might overtake Christensen. I think Jake Rudock was probably third on that list. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, um, at the end, yeah. yeah, at the end, at the end, yeah. Oh boy, and here we yeah. go. Well. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the uh, what else we saw this week. We've talked so much about quarterback and, and Brian Ferentz. Anything else bounce out to you uh, out of the conversations he had? Keaton Copeland, what, what's he think of the wide receiver room with what? Only six scholarship wide receivers right now? Six scholarship wide receivers, but I think he does like that group. Um, and I think he likes the potential of it. It's been, it was interesting listening to him talk about Brody Brecht and how they're kind of managing that because the day we got into practice for about 30, 40 minutes, he was, he was out there, uh, working mm. that day because they got, they'd gotten, um, you know, the midweek game had gotten rained out. So he was able to really kind of participate in practice. And I think they're really intrigued by Brack. Um, and you know, that's another kid that's going to have decisions to make Ooh, about his, his life. Uh, you know, when you can when you can throw triple digits, you've got decisions mm-hmm. to make, right? <laughs> right. Um, not everybody can do that. Uh, so, um, yeah, he's. I, I think that's maybe one of the more intriguing things. And then talking to Abdul Hodge about how he, I, I joked with Abdul that there's no shortage of tight end coaches uh, running around the Iowa football facility. Mm-hmm. You know, starting with like Reese Morgan still hanging around there a lot and. LeVar, Brian Ferentz. I mean, they've got plenty of guys who've coached that position. So um, just listening to Abdul talk about being back is, you know, it's great having him back. He's just such a wonderful guy. Who's cutting down the nets Monday, Tom? Boy, I I think it's all set up for Duke. Yeah. It sure feels like that, doesn't it? Hope it's not the case. It feels like the John Wooden ending. Yeah. Good point. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, what do you got? Uh, what uh, kind of access do you, the media, uh, Hawkeye Media, have this week? Uh, we're going to have uh, just some more player interview stuff on Tuesday, and then we get some more coaches on 
Wednesday, and I can't even remember who it is this coming week, but I think we get a couple more assistants uh, during the week. But no more practice access until uh, April 23rd. And that game is at 10 o'clock in the morning? And 9.45. 9.45. And uh, we'll we'll end it on this. Is there any other um, kids hitting the transfer portal for McCaffrey's team? Anybody else that you think watched this name? I don't. Anybody else would be a surprise. Gotcha. I think obviously we know Connor's going to come back. Yep. Yep. Uh, and play another year, um, and, and they're going to go after big. I think they're interested, maybe in a, you know, they, uh, their name got linked with Rob Finnessy, but I think the the thing with that position is they're going to want it to be a guy who's just going to be a one year guy mm. because they want to get that scholarship back on the books. I think with a big, they'd be fine having a guy who could play two or three years. No, Nigel Pack though. Anything like boy, he's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's gonna. I, I, yeah, I was talking to some some people yesterday, just as that popped, and the work has been for a couple months that that he's gonna end up at Purdue more than likely. Is he? So into the Big Ten yeah. he goes. Good player, Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport dot com. Have a great week, Tom. We'll talk to you next Friday. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Good to talk to you. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com as we catch up on Iowa. Uh, Mike Palm from Circus Sports kicks off the second hour. Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.com. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes, first hour of the program. So I saw Circa yesterday, Circa Sports. Mm-hmm. Mike Palm's going to join us to kick off the second hour from Circa. Uh, they came out with their Cy Young prices to win the Cy Young. Oh, okay. And DeGrom is an overwhelming favorite in the National League. I think he's like 6-1. to one. Everybody's way up in the double digits. Jacob DeGrom's having an MRI on his yeah. shoulder already. So you're looking for a little value there to see who else... Well, he's so damn good, Trent. I mean, he was just dominating the, the, the batters he faced in spring training. He's one of these guys that you just wonder, is he going to be able to, you know, to, to, to put the, set the bar the way that you would think that he would? He's one of these, maybe the game's best pitcher. Fair to say? Yes. Except that injuries have prevented him from, and I don't know what it is, the way he throws the ball, the torque on his shoulder, whatever it is, he just can't stay on the field. So at 6-1 to one, as an overwhelming favorite like that, he's a play against with confidence. So I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to put my money on Marcus Stroman at 150-1. to one. Oh. That's his price. I saw that. Yeah, he's, I, a, he's a big number. Yes, took a peek at that one. Stroman's not going to win. The Cubs aren't going to win enough. No, 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 no. Was there anybody else that jumped out to you? Anything um, that... In the American League, I, I saw Barrios was like the second choice at 15-1. to 1. Got a chance to win a lot of games. I think he does. Team. I mean, they're going to win a lot of games. And the thing with Toronto, and I get the criticism that, that fans are going to – they probably don't realize yet. And I hate to bring it up because it seems like it's such a word from 2020 and 21, and we're sick of the V word. I get it. But if you don't have the V – you cannot get into the C, which is the Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Yankees and half their lineup, Red Sox, likewise, can't get in the country if you're not vaccinated. Three of the top seven listed starting pitchers for AL Cy Young are Toronto Blue Jays. I think really, really, Gossman, Barrios, yeah, and who else? Manoa, Manoa already. They love him. And they should. Hour two coming up. Mike Palm, Circus Sports kicks it off. Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Miller and Condon, 106.9.